praise the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. I want to tell everybody I appreciate all the comments and, and the, the text and all the statements uh, of congratulations for me on finishing school. I'm, I'm glad to be finished and, and thank you for all the, the comments towards me. I, I really do appreciate it and I feel like uh, I'm loved just a little bit, but I do, I really do. And it's a humbling thought to know that so many people love me and appreciate me. And, and you know what? Here's what I want to say to that. To God be the glory. We're continuing our thoughts in 1 Thessalonians and... Two weeks ago, we talked about the comfort of Christ coming. And I want to continue it in chapter five. But, you know, Paul does a little bit uh, different uh, thought. He kind of changes it from the Lord coming to the time. And you see in uh, verse one, it says of first Thessalonians chapter five, verse one, it says, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. Verse two, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. So Paul, and really the context for today is, and the lesson for us is let us not sleep. There was a Bible teacher uh, and we'll just call her Miss Johnson. Miss Johnson uh, asked her children just before they dismissed class, she got them all together before they said the closing prayer. And she said, now let's go over this one more time. One more time. Why is it necessary to be quiet in worship? All of the kids raised her hand, but Annie in the corner was waving her hand and she really wanted Miss Johnson to call on her. So Miss Johnson looked over there and said, Annie, tell us, why is it so necessary to be quiet in worship? She said, that is so easy, Miss Johnson, because people are sleeping. <laughs> Let us not sleep, brethren. How about that? Let us not sleep this morning. Let us be awake. I figured y'all enjoy that one. I've been getting uh, some hard push to improve my jokes. And I, that one sounded like I'm getting there. But we talked about this uh, comfort of Jesus coming back. And this morning, I want us to focus our minds on uh, this concept of not being asleep. Let me read verses uh, three uh, through six, and then let us consider some things. It says, for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains among a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. I'm going to read verse 7 as well. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. Paul says he didn't write to them about the time of the return of Jesus because they knew 
that it would come like a thief in the night. Paul says in verse four, though, that brethren, you are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Brethren, children of God, and would you say that this is true, are not in darkness. Amen. When we have been put in the body of Christ, the Bible tells us that in him is no darkness. Christians should let the return of Jesus come as something exciting. It should come as something that we're ready and prepared for, not as a thief in the night. In verse five, Paul says, because <clears throat> the reason for this, excuse me, was that we are sons of light. We are sons of the day. And in verse six, he emphasizes this thought. He says, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Think about this. Paul says, let us not sleep as others do. He's not talking about the physical state, but he's talking about, and he's using this illustration for the spiritual. If you remember in 1 Thessalonians chapter four, the whole worry and the, the whole problem that they were worried about, and Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4.13 is, I do not want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep. He's talking about those who had passed away. Now, Paul in chapter five is using this sleep concept as we know it. Somebody lying down and going to sleep. But he's not talking about the physical sleep. He's talking about a spiritual state. See the world around the Thessalonians and brethren, the world around us today is busy with many exciting and interesting things. Wouldn't you say that's true? Many exciting and interesting things that can take us captive if they want to. If we pay enough attention to it, we find ourselves being drifted into these exciting and interesting things. But as for the real excitement, the real interesting thing, the return of the Messiah, are we ready for that? They were then, and so many today, are sleeping right through it. Peace and safety is what Paul says. But when it comes, they won't be able to escape it. You know, I think about this verse when we did it in Proverbs class way early on. And it's talking about the physical. It says, a little sleep, a little slumber a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on, on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. And we talked about this at length in, in the Proverbs class about this concept of physically being lazy. Let's just be honest. And what happens when you're lazy? But what about if you make this application to your spiritual life? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to keep that light out so you can just turn over and get just a little bit more sleep. Here's the question for you to consider today. Think about your life. Think about the things that you have going on in your life spiritually. Is that us? 
Are we asleep at the wheel? Asleep at the wheel. Think about this. If we're going to give a teenager a lesson on how to drive and we're going to talk to them about safety, the safety about being behind the wheel. And I say, Ben, you know, I know your parents have probably talked to you about driving maybe a little bit and, and how it's safe to be a driver and the things that you got to do. But I want to give you two things that you'll know. Now, brethren, I'm going to tell him this and you tell me if this is true or not. Uh, here's what I want you to understand. Above anything else that your parents tell you, I want you to realize this, that one of the best ways to drive is when you're sleepy. Okay. If, if you get, when you get your license and you feel old enough, here's what I want you to remember. I want you to remember when you're real sleepy, that's the time that you drive the best. Matter of fact, matter of fact, even better. The best way to drive is when you're actually asleep, man. That's the best way. The best way to drive is not when you're sleepy. It's okay. But the best way to drive is when you're asleep. Then you'll be very productive. I promise. Just listen to me. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. Brethren, the sad reality is the world, and even worse, and it breaks my heart, some in the church are teaching this very thing by their actions. The concept that being asleep at the wheel is okay. It's the best way to drive, spiritually speaking. Three things that I'd like for us to consider this morning. And the first thing is this. What does it mean to be asleep spiritually? You know, when we become sleepy, we become unconcerned with what is going on around us. Isn't that right? Libby will get tired and she'll say, Daddy, I'm sleepy. She's checked out. Nothing else matters, right? I need a pillow. I need a blanket. And I'm about to go to sleep. I remember when I worked night shift and I'd stay up that whole day and wouldn't sleep. By the time 5 o'clock came around, I was so sleepy. You could tell me anything. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, whatever. I was sleepy. What about spiritually? What if we become sleepy spiritually? Prayer becomes not that important. Study time and meditation time on the word, it becomes whatever. Pleasing the Lord in all that we do becomes forgotten. But what happens, let me amp this up just like I talked to Ben. What about if we actually fall asleep? All sense of judgment is gone when we go to sleep, am I right? And the dream world becomes what we're thinking about. The dream world becomes a reality in our mind, but then we wake up and we're, it's not, right? In my dream, I could be rich. In my dream, I could be this king. And then all of a sudden, I wake up and I'm still in my bed. Think about this spiritually. Just give me just a minute. Can I have just a minute? Just a minute of your time. Just a minute. I'm not up here just trying to put on a show. Brethren, I want you to hear the truth. Jesus Christ is coming back. 
And if you ain't ready, you're going to miss out. And boy, what a day it's going to be. If you sleep at the wheel, wake up. Wake up. How do we treat our children? What are we teaching our children? What are we teaching the young adults? What are we helping and encouraging the older members? What are we doing? Paul says, don't be asleep as others are. Think about this spiritually. When we begin to think that all we got to do is check boxes. When we really believe that serving him and showing others is not our main objective in life, we starting to become sleepy. We put ourselves in a dangerous position, amen? I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. I'm talking to everybody who wants to bear the name of Christ. This is real talk. You remember what he says, look in the context, uh, First Peter, I mean, First uh, Thessalonians 5.1. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. And look at what he says in verse 2. He says, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. And then he says in verse 3, for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. Spiritual sleep doesn't allow us to see things as they really are. We lose sight of the Great Commission and our focus to become unselfish. Brother, I want to encourage you with this thought. You remember when you obeyed the gospel? You remember how excited you were when you heard Jesus say these words? You remember he's talking to Zacchaeus and he says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Where is that in your mind today? Has it become a distant memory that you know is true, but there's no feeling that comes when you hear that? Zacchaeus had no idea who had come to see him that day. People have no idea who they're going to come in contact today or tomorrow if we've got the right perspective. When we think about our lives, have we become asleep at the wheel? But see what Paul is doing here. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is wanting us as children of God to see how we keep ourselves from going asleep spiritually. Here's how we do it. Therefore, let us not sleep, verse 6, as others do, but let us watch. Are we watching? The Greek word here means to give strict attention to, to be cautious, to be active. What are we watching for, brethren? What are we being cautious about, brethren? 
Are we cautious about the coming back of Jesus Christ or is it just, ah, we got time, man. I don't even know if that's real, man. I don't even know if that's true. He hasn't come back in this amount of time. Is he really going to come back? But if we really believe Jesus is who he says he is, if we really believe that he did the things that he said that he did, that the word tells us, if he really died and he really resurrected, and his blood really does cleanse us from all unrighteousness, how do we show our appreciation? If we think about our lives over the past month, are we ready to talk to the Lord about it? Are we excited to talk to the Lord about it? Or is there a little bit of worry? Is your attitude like Psalm 136? My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. I work night shift and you want to know the best sign at work was when I saw them light. The light started coming around them windows. Oh man, we about to get off work. We got an hour left, y'all. Look at the light. And I'm telling you, you may not believe me, but that was an exciting time for me. I knew I was close to checking out. But the psalmist says, my soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. I'm ready for his return. I'm ready to see what he can do for me. I'm ready to see how he controls my life. I'm ready. I'm waiting, Lord. What about this? You remember what Jesus says? He says, take heed, watch and pray for you do not know when the time is. Are we watching? Are we praying? Is our minds focused where it needs to be at, brethren? I want to encourage you with Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Look at what he says. And do this. Don't think it. Don't think it. Even the demons believe and tremble. He says, do this. Knowing the time. That now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Brethren, when you obeyed the gospel, you know what? You're closer now than you've ever been to being with Jesus one day. Does that move you? I haven't been a Christian that long, but I got a couple years under my belt. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm as excited right now as I was when I first obeyed the truth. And you want to know why? Because I see how it changes people's lives. This ain't no system. This is a life-changing deal. If you apply it to your life, things change. But are we asleep? Does it really even matter? Hurry up, preacher. Hurry up. Hurry up. Are we watching? What about this? 
He says, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch. And then he says this, be sober. I'm preaching from my heart, brethren. I love you guys so much. I'm not trying to get on anybody. I'm trying to exhort and I'm trying to encourage. You want to know why? Because this stuff is real. And you know it. That's why you're here and I appreciate you putting up with me hollering and I appreciate you putting up with my emotion, but this is not fake. This is from my heart. This is what I believe to be true. He says, be sober. Yes, the the context is talking about not being intoxicated. But the word means to be calm and collected in your spirit. We see this in the qualifications for the elders. You know, it says to be hospitable, a lover of what is good. And then it says to be sober-minded. See, that's what the leader does. They're calm and collected in their spirit so they can think about things and answer and do things according to God's will. But think about this. We talked about it uh, in the, the, the series on holiness when Peter says, therefore gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. How do we deal with that? How do we keep our minds sober? How do we fight this? How do we keep ourselves from going to sleep? Look at what it says. Look at verse seven. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. How do we do it? By putting on the breastplate of faith and love. Do we believe that the Lord will help us through anything? Do we believe that Jesus loves us so much? Do we believe that one day we're going to go to heaven if we're a Christian? If we're in the body of Christ, I want to ask you again, how do we show our appreciation for that? How do we show our love for Christ? Do we do it by being asleep at the wheel? (laughs) Here's one for you. Are we driving his message to the world Asleep? Right now, at this moment, 
and in five minutes and in 10 minutes and in 15 minutes, people will die in this world who don't know Jesus. Does that bother us? Jesus said, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to seek and to save the lost. Are we? How are we driving his message to the world? Are we driving it sleepy or are we driving it just flat out sleep? He also says this, to be sober, you put on this breastplate of faith and love. I understand who Jesus is. I understand what I'm following. I understand these uh, rules and these commandments that he's given to me are for my benefit. And I love him so much and I appreciate that so much. But then he says this. He says, putting on the breastplate, verse 8, of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. The helmet. You know, I played football and I appreciate them giving me a helmet. You know, I played quarterback and I'm like, it would be something crazy if they said, well, Matt, you know what? We ran out of helmets and you're just not going to get one this year. Good luck. We got a new line. They're young. They don't block real well, but it's okay. You'll be all right. Next year, maybe we can afford to get you a helmet, right? What is our hope? Let's knock out everything else for just a second. Let's knock out everything else for just a second, please. I, don't, I love my children. I love my wife. I love my family. Let's knock out all of those things for just a second. What is our hope? Do we have regard for the creator and his will? Do we understand what's right and what's wrong? Do we get that we are sinners and that without the cross of Jesus, there is no redemption, there is no reconciliation to the Lord? Do we realize that? When we have the ability to receive this gift of salvation and we realize what we've received, we take that helmet and we put it on and what does it do? It protects our mind, doesn't it? That breastplate protects our heart. That helmet protects our mind because it gives us this comfort. To let us know that the reality that heaven's gonna be my home one day is really true. It's true. I'm not telling you no Hercules story. I'm not talking about Achilles. I'm not talking about Zeus. I'm talking about the almighty creator. And my home is going to be with him one day. How about that, brethren? How about that? I want you to think about this verse. Let this be your verse. Let this be in your mind. For God did not appoint us Christians to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. And Paul so beautifully works this thought back in that whether we are awake or whether we are asleep in Jesus, 
We should live together with him. How do we keep ourselves from falling asleep? You want to know how? We armor up. We listen to God. We learn from God. We obey God. And when we do those things, you know what happens? God changes our lives. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to say this, and I say this with all enthusiasm, glory, hallelujah, praise the name of Jesus. If you're asleep this morning, I hope I didn't bore you. I apologize if I did. But if you are asleep spiritually, I want to say this. Wake up. The day is coming. We got work to do. We got fields to plow. We got harvest to reap in. We got things that we got to do for the kingdom. We got souls to save. I hope that you'll come back tonight. My lesson tonight is on boldness. Boldness in the truth. But maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe you're here today and, and you have been asleep. Or maybe you're sleepy in the truth and obeying God's will. Come and make it right. Pray with somebody. Ask the Lord to forgive you. If you need to talk to somebody, we're here for you. But maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. I, please, I, I, I ask you, friend. Jesus did something that nobody else could do. He lived a perfect life so that you could have a home in heaven and he wants you to be a part of that family. You do it by believing who he is. You do it by repenting of your sins. You do it by confessing his name, saying that you believe that he's the son of God. You do it by being baptized in water. My favorite verse, Ananias talks to Saul and he says, what are you waiting on? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Come out of the water brand new and then live faithfully until he calls you home. What a beautiful, beautiful concept. The gospel. If you want to obey the gospel, please come right now together we stand and sing.